welcome to the brand new series of Having a Natter. Hello, everybody. With me, uh, Simon Robinson, and this is Dave Silito. Hello. Um, Imogen's not here because uh, she's decided it's beneath her and a complete waste of her time. Just the podcast, not the job. No. Robinson Ralph. Yeah, as far as we know. As far as we know, yeah. Um, but obviously, we see on LinkedIn that there's a sign saying... Um, you know, open to work, then I suppose we can draw our own conclusions yeah, from that. Hopefully she'll let us know first before she lets LinkedIn know. Yeah. What can you expect from people these days? So um, so this is a case called Finch v. Clegg Grifford, uh, uh, Gifford and Co. Limited um, and, and, and another. It's a very interesting case. We had um, we well we we'll, we'll yeah. manage to do the opposite of bringing it to life. Though. Yes, um, <laughs> in we'll, this podcast. We'll, we'll, yeah. um, so uh, it's it's harassment, um, victimisation, uh, constructive discrimination-based uh, dismissal, and constructive unfair dismissal. So um, so yes, all very interesting. So Dave, do you want to kick off, and I'll I'll leap in, or okay, yeah. yeah. So. Um, Mr. Finch was the claimant. The respondent had conceded before the final hearing that he was disabled. He had a what the tribunal described as raft of long-standing serious conditions, including heart disease, angina, anemia, kidney disease, hypertension, and type 2 diabetes, and was dependent of, on a range of prescribed medication. He brought a number of claims, as Simon said, so there's um, direct discrimination uh, on disability and age grounds, unfavourable treatment for something arising in consequence of disability pursuant to Section 15 of the Equality Act, failure to make reasonable adjustments, harassment on age and disability uh, and victimisation. He'd also been uh, employed for uh, a number of years, so um, he was able to claim constructive unfair uh, dismissal as well. That number, of course, um, is over two. Over two, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but I don't exactly. know the exact number of years, but loads. No, he chupied over uh, to the respondent. I know that, but um, can't immediately see how long he'd been employed for. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, the respondent had... 225 people employed across six offices. I think the tribunal says for a great many years. They, they The tribunal said, yeah, a great many years. Um, yeah, he worked for the respondents since 2017. But he had, yeah, length of service going back a number of years beyond that. He was yeah. age 66. Yeah. Um, and he was based at Romford as a credit controller. Uh, so... Um, the, I mean, the claimant ultimately won his his claim. But just to set the scene, the tribunal heard evidence from a number of witnesses. Uh, it doesn't seem that they were the claimant's biggest fan. They described him as prickly and thin-skinned at one point. Um, they, however, described one of the main witnesses for the uh, respondent, PB, uh, as a very impressive witness. They were less enamoured, however, with the... Managing director, um, SB, Shirley Bellamy, uh, who um, they said would often speak without thinking. Uh, so um, imagine being such yeah, a person. We, we, we can't even comprehend. <laughs> no, no, that must be like, like can no. we? Um, <laughs> in fact, I mean, listening to this podcast, we've obviously thought long and hard about what we're going to say beforehand. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, the headlines are that the claimant won. 
Um, and if you just read some of the news reports, you would think, well, he's been you know, shockingly treated. Uh, and there are, there are uh, lots of um, examples of shocking treatments which he has been subjected to, but he didn't succeed in, in all of his claims. And that perhaps goes some way to explaining why the respondent did, um, uh, did dispute the claim. We obviously can't know what was going on behind the scenes, but um, uh, perhaps the claimant here would have been better served by focusing on his stronger arguments mm. um, and might have resulted in a, 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 an earlier settlement. So he had his serious health conditions, adjustments had been made to his, made to his start and finish hours. Um, there were questions as to whether or not he was fulfilling his contractual hours and it was clarified that he was um, had, had for a while only been working 9.30 till 4.30. That had been from before he transferred over to the respondent in 2017. And um, that was treated as, as, as something that was customer practice. It was agreed that was allowed to continue. Uh, he um, raised a complaint. This is an example of uh, him, uh, a claim where he didn't succeed. One of the claims he raised was related to being called a young man by the managing director, SB. Um, uh, tribunal found, well, she just called everybody that the claimant, or, or, or the men anyway, because she was over 70, so she just called every all the men young man. Uh, the claimant wasn't offended by that as a matter of fact, the tribunal found, so it wasn't harassment. However, what the tribunal did find was that asking the claimant whether he was going to be sleeping or planning on having a nap was harassment. And there were four or five occasions over the two years um, prior to March 2020, where SB asked the, the claimant that. And was that because of his age or his disabilities? It was, yeah, because of his disability. So he did on occasion fall asleep in the office uh, and um, the tribunal accepted that that was, in, that was because of or the root cause of that was that his medication for diabetes coupled with his blood deficiency of anemia made him get drowsy and he could therefore um, fall asleep. So she had said to him, are you planning on having a nap this afternoon? Are you going to sleep? The tribunal said, we conclude that to do so was crass. No reasonable manager of the seniority of SB and her also being the head of the HR department and given the substantial size of the business, which also uses an outsourced HR consultant, would have made such a remark, particularly in the presence of others. The tribunal said that if there was a concern, it should have been addressed in a closed meeting, commencing with an inquiry as to why it was the claimant was falling asleep. Uh, and as the tribunal noted, the company had already flagged up that it might need an occupational health report in relation to, to the claimants. And I think there's a, a broader lesson there, yeah. isn't there, about how to have meetings with people on any sensitive issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what, what's the lesson? <laughs> so, no, obviously, no. But, uh... <laughs> well, one of the things, yeah, I mean, you, you, say, you say it quite a lot, don't you? In fact, you never stop going on about it. But yeah, but yeah you know, sensitive conversations about performance and you know um discipline disciplinary issues certainly about health you, know, you can't, don't have those in an open plan yeah. office take somebody to a quiet room yeah and also i think it's on a, on a, a little note of that is don't view the ill health or the performance or the conduct um a well sorry don't view the person as being the problem view the ill health or the performance of the conduct as being the problem and you're working with the employee to try and resolve it rather than the, you and the employee being on opposing sides of, of an argument yeah 
Absolutely. Now, there was a couple of bits of harassment which were uh, upheld, so I'll just talk about a couple of those, yeah. if, if um, you don't mind listening to me drone on, Dave. Um, uh, I'm not going to ask you at home because you've got no choice. Well, you can fast forward or turn off, I suppose. But um, So the claimant was planning to take a holiday uh, to Cyprus in September or October 2020, and it was suggested to him on the 19th of March 2020 that he bring it forward and take it at that time. And there's only one contemporaneous record of what was said, uh, and that was a claimant's email of the 24th of March 2020. Um, and he had uh, said in this email um, to another member of the respondent, the response to this was along the lines of, quote, you should take the vacation now, otherwise you may not be around in September or October, um, close quotes. And the claimant said, that's an extremely hurtful thing to say and could be taken to mean that I might actually be dead by September or October. And um, the claimant was, the claimant said that, that was said by the, the second respondent in this case, who was the managing director, I believe. Yeah, that, that was in the context of the COVID pandemic, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And the the the, um, the, the respondent's representative um, uh, said, and the tribunal said it was a valid point, that the words, you should take the vacation now, otherwise you may not be around in September or October, need to be taken um, uh, in context, as Dave Wright says, about the, the COVID pandemic. And in other words, none of us, um, i.e. we, close quotes, might be around by then, either from succumbing to COVID or because the business might have folded. And then the tribunal said, well, here the submission, but the word we has never been proffered. Um, so the tribunal found that it was specifically addressed to the claimant, and then the claimant proceeded to be deeply hurtful and humiliating, given how life-threatening his disabilities were, particularly bearing in mind he had suffered two heart attacks and survived uh, on, a ras on a raft of medication. Um, uh, he was offended and um, found what was said to be extremely uh, hurtful. So given the context, and particularly the additional health worries uh, stemming from COVID-19 and his urgent need to shield, they found that it was an act of, of harassment. Um, and then a second incident was calculating his redundancy um, pay. And this is in July 2020. And again, the MD, who's the second respondent, said that she'd, um, she'd uh, given the wrong start date um, when calculating his redundancy pay um, because he'd got 20 years service. He told her that, sorry. And her reply was, thanks for your acknowledgement, Dave. You have received the maximum amount of redundancy pay and we know you've been around since Pontius was a pilot. We will amend the necessary information and get this over to you. All the best. And the tribunal noted the respondents' reps submitted that this should be seen as a throwaway mark, remark to lighten the tone. Um, but the tribunal found it can't really be other than at least an inference to be taken that the reference is because the claimant has been around so long um, goes to his age. Um, the motives in making the remarks were irrelevant. The claimant found the remark to be humiliating and offensive. Thus, it created an adverse environment for him. Um, and it was reasonable for the conduct to have that effect. So it, again, was an act of harassment. It was indeed. Um, so, yeah, in response to that, uh, the claimant instructed solicitors and a letter before action, a long one, apparently, was sent on the 20th of August 2020. Uh, allegations were made that discrimination had, had happened. Uh, Reference was made to unfair dismissal, although, of course, there was no dismissal at that stage. And the settlement agreement, uh, which had been proposed on the basis of redundancy, was rejected. Um, but uh, the respondent was invited to enter into further discussions. Um, now, you may be asking, well, why was the tribunal seeing a, a letter about negotiations about a settlement? Well, that had been ruled as admissible at a prior preliminary hearing, um, which in the absence of that admissibility it would have 
really hampered the claimant in, in bringing his, his claim. Um, so uh, with that initial offer having been rejected, but the respondent having been invited to continue settlement negotiations, um, the uh, managing director, SB, without consulting with the direct line manager of the claimant, uh, PB, withdrew the offer, said, we've got no alternative other than to withdraw the severance agreement, request you return to the office on the 1st of October to fulfil your employment contract. Um, please confirm you'll be attending the office on the 1st of October. <clears throat> so um, the respondent said, well, look, this is perfectly legitimate. What we've done is settlement negotiations are broken down. So somebody we're saying to our employee that they need to return to the office and tribunal said, well, in, in principle, um, yes, we accept that that can happen. But in these circumstances, there's been no consideration of consulting with the claimant about returning to the office in the context of the COVID pandemic and he, him being a clinically vulnerable person, no discussion about getting an occupational health report, and it was deliberately presented as an ultimatum, is what the tribunal found. So um, in response to that, the claimant resigned. Tribunal said, well, he's entitled to do that. He's entitled to treat that as a uh, last straw, which combined with the previous acts of discrimination um, amounts to a fundamental breach of contract. And there was no good reason, no proper reason for the, the employer to act as it had, in particular, given that the um, ultimatum had also been found to be an act of victimization because it was in response to a letter from the claimant solicitors alleging that discrimination had, had taken place. Uh, so yeah, he was entitled to treat himself as uh, constructively dismissed. It was a discriminatory dismissal. Those acts of harassment occurred and they were found to be a continuing act, even though um, they went back over the course of a few months, so they were in time. Uh, and um, yeah, his claim succeeded. Compensation is to be decided at a later hearing, but the tribunal noted that uh, he was probably retired in any event in March 2021. So, um, well, they said they understand he would have. So it may well be that his lost earnings are not particularly significant, but he will, of course, get injury to feelings um, and a, a basic award calculated in the same way as his redundancy payment would have been. Excellent. So and a couple of lessons from that. One in terms of um, harassment, uh, it's it doesn't necessarily you don't have to mean the comment to harass somebody it can be how it's taken by the person as long as it's reasonable for them to take it in that way um Dave any lessons uh yeah just that um the tribunal of course has various tools at its disposal to, to disposal to ensure that you know a just result is achieved so here they've commented well yes the claim has been very badly treated he'll get compensation um but Compensation for lost earnings is likely to be limited. That is compensation for lost earnings. It's not a punitive award on the respondent. So, uh, you know, uh, he may well only get six six months lost earnings here, which the, so the headline figure might not be as much as perhaps you, you would expect. Excellent. All right. Well, um, that's that done. So um, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Bye.